We'll clap when it gets to uh, 31 seconds. Hey. Hot. Now that's what I call clap. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to get the clap. Why? Oh dear. Here's here's my problem. I don't really know how to start this one because like I don't do like a little thing beforehand being like you guys are in a spooky scary lad. This is just like, hey friends. Hi. <laughs> we're talking about the thing we just we fi- we finished doing half damage and now we're talking about it. It's the last strad. I thought it was talking strad. Talking yeah. strad. Talking strad colon the last strad. <laughs> uh but yeah, we're gonna be talking about the whole series that we did. It was called Half Damage. I hope you enjoy I listened to it and enjoyed it. <laughs> if not, wild that you're listening to this. Fuck are you doing here yeah i hope you listen to the full damage the full half damage the full half rather damage. than only half uh spoilers ahead oh yeah Spo- yeah spo- yeah please listen to the rest of them was, don't listen to this yeah. that would be wild as hell <laughs> i was just trying to like what if people listen to them all in reverse order like from the end <laughs> to the beginning would that do anything is that something i mean it's <laughs> it's something everything's mm, something that's but a fun... it's yeah. not a good <laughs> thing I guess this is uh, this is where we can reveal that in every episode there is a, a hidden code, uh, a word of the day, if you will. And if you string them all together, it leads you to the this holy grail. This is how grail. we wanted to reveal. We found that we hit it. Our findings. It's like a geocache. You gotta listen to every episode and pay us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's yeah. real fast. And you better not blink, or you'll miss it. Don't blink while listening to the podcast. Don't no Or blinking. you'll miss it. It's you he- hear the word and then you see a piece of the map. That's yes. the and then weird you gotta thing. doodle it. Yeah, it's a visual and, cue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it activates a part of your brain that we We inception that- it into <laughs> your brain. <laughs> uh but yeah, okay, we're gonna talk about yeah, like curse the stra- I don't know where we should where we start. Do, like does anyone have any good questions to start with or should I find something? I might have something. Ooh, Ooh. go for it. Hi guys, it's been three years. What made you say yes? The dress. The dress? The dress made me say yes. <laughs> I mean, it was a damn good dress. $2,500, but, you know, it was worth it. <laughs> Wait, uh, excuse me? Now, my budget is $100,000, but I'm looking for something. My fiance develops apps, and I'm a Instagram influencer, and our budget is $300,000 for the dress. <laughs> my mom really wants it to be mermaid, but I really want to be slutty and hoey and I don't know why she doesn't approve. I would like uh, everyone now in this episode to pause and we're going to do a play along at home kind of thing where we guess who in this room has uh, watched Say Yes to the Dress and who hasn't. (laughs) Pause now to to try and figure it out. Text your answers to 55555. But yeah, what did make you guys say yes? Because like you guys are some of my favorite people in existence now but when i said yes <laughs> i barely knew your names this is true because like just as like a uh, behind the scenes of why we we chose this crew it was i can't remember it who like i know that ian and ali were on the episode where we we're talking about pre-made module things i think it was alfred as well 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was, yeah. Yeah, I want the people that were on that episode where we were talking about Curse of Strahd to be on it, because that made sense. And also, at the time that we were doing it, like, we had, like, a weird rota going on, but both Alfred and Emily were down as, like, no matter what the week is, one of them is always going to be on. Uh, right. So I was like, ah, Emily's also there as well. And I also just find Emily utterly delightful. I knew she'd bring <laughs> some fucking bullshit to the table. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. I know my purpose. <laughs> to throw wrenches and things. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like I I saw it and I was like, "Wow, a D and D, but it's going to be a podcast." Sounds like we'll we'll actually get to the end of it. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, right. <laughs> a complete game that yeah. everyone is going to be committed to. <laughs> sure, like forcing the friendship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just wanted to play D and D because I always run games. Like yeah. I haven't actually I haven't played in a full campaign in a <laughs> oh. long time. <laughs> like this is the this is the one ongoing campaign I've really been in as a player since I started playing D&D like 13 years ago. Oh my uh, god. Since then I've just been like the DM for whoever I'm playing with. So yeah, that's honestly one of the main reasons I said yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was my first game that was played through to conclusion. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be fun, and uh, I was I was a little nervous because I wasn't on the show, but I was happy that Ismay invited me. And uh, at the time, I had nothing else going on in my life. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'm unemployed. I'm freshly graduated. Uh, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> so and it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, this is only the second game I've ever played to conclusion, and I knew that we would all do it all the time. Y'all had more faith in this finishing than I did, for sure. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Were you just like, okay, this is gonna be like a, this is gonna be a one shot? Oh, literally for real. I was like, eh, maybe we'll get like ten episode series of just bullshit. But nope, prove me wrong. Maybe you had a lot more editing to do. <laughs> yeah, prove me wrong by being really slow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ali, what about you? Why did you want to do it? I was terrified. Um, I was like, you have no idea going into it, like the couple days up to it, I had so many conversations with my sibling, just like, like they're they're all so experienced. This is so like, they're all so funny. I can't hold my own with this. There's no way. And they were just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. They wouldn't have asked you to play otherwise. And I was just like, I'm going to go with this. And when I sat down to record, I was like actually shaking. I I've told Ismay this before. One of the reasons that I said yes, probably the main reason, is because it terrified me. Mm -hmm. And there was a Tumblr post, I don't know how long ago, and I'm happy to post a link because I look at it occasionally still, Aww. that if something absolutely terrifies you, then it's important enough to do it. And I was just like you know what? Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was kind of in a, a lull creatively. I wasn't working on any projects. Um, I was going for a, man a full-time management position. I had dropped everything else. And I was like struggling to look for what was going to fill the void of working in creative projects like full-time. And um, I could not believe that I was being asked to join. So I said yes. Yeah, like I, I was also on the first time that we were recording. It, you could probably hear it in my voice as I'm saying like the first bit of it. I think I actually had to re-record that first bit because when I was doing it, I was shaking so much and my voice was everywhere because I felt like it was, it's a new project. It's scary starting a new project. And also I was like, right, so I do have a D&D &D podcast about how to be a good DM and now I'm just going to do it and expose the shit out of myself. I was like, this, <laughs> this is really me. 
me try to put money where my non-existent mouth is, but fine. It was fu- you guys made it funny enough that I the terror like fled pretty fast because I was like, oh wait, it's just playing D and I can do that. I all I can think of is how nerve wracking it must be <laughs> to just yeah. be like, I'm gonna do this fun fun game, kind of professionally. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I was I was always impressed. I was like, oh, I don't know if I would be brave to do that. There are so few opportunities to do what is like my go-to move when I'm a DM, which is just be like, all right, you guys are in a bar and talking about your feelings. Do it. Fuck. I'm hungover. I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> are there any girls there? <laughs> are there any girls at the bar? How many girls are at the bar? Any tieflings with daddy issues? <laughs> Maybe that's a good segue way into my first question um this is my question is only for Ismay. Oh. How, how how did you find using a published adventure in the end <laughs> <laughs> wow see Ismay, this has been a three-year experiment oh, we uh just wanted yeah. to Ismay, look over there look over there look over there cameras everywhere we've been recording this whole thing a little pop-up has showed how did you like how would you rate your experience <laughs> oh the experience So, okay, let's go over the things that I liked about it. It had a direction. It was like very, this is where you go. You know, it had maps and stuff available for me. It was like, here's a map of the town that they're going to. I liked all that. And it was like, if they go into this house, this is here. And so there's no not a lot that you can go off the beaten track. And I don't have something for that. Um, what I didn't like about it was every other thing, every single other thing about it. It's incomprehensible. The way that you're, you're supposed to look at it and know what's happening. Just uh, behind the scenes of when I started writing this, one of the, the lures that can get people into Barovia is like the Burgomaster sends a message to the party be like, come to Barovia. And so I was like, oh, Burgomaster is funny because it sounds like Burgermaster. I'm going to make it Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and then, uh, like, and I'd written it all out and you got there and then I flipped the page and it was like, they find that the Burgermaster is dead. And I was like, fucking <laughs> shit. Like, it doesn't tell you these things. Like, it gives you so much detailed crap. And then when they finally get there, you go to that page it's like, oh yeah, they've been dead for a hundred years. And so if they had any correspondence bonds with them that didn't actually happen it's so wild in what it doesn't tell you it is wild because those books almost always say some variation on you should read this whole book before you (laughs) like run it right oh it's so like, long and it's like yeah you can't write the book assuming that <laughs> that can't be your baseline assumption for the book because it's gonna go bad things like that like the, the part where it told you that he was dead is one sentence long it's like he's been dead for a while and it's like and in the middle of a block of text you are supposed to read what happens in the session before the session at least i did that but like the thing is i read all the intro stuff for like this is what happens in the intro and how you get to barovia and what happens there and then the next session was going to be you guys meeting the burgomaster and so i was like cool and then the next session came along and i went oh that's not helpful so i just made him gay gordon ramsay and his husband died easy enough Saul. <laughs> someone was dead so yeah uh pre-written modules hot shrug hot shrug emoji on those ones <laughs> it, it's funny because this is obviously this is the only game that i've played in of yours with you as the dm yeah so like my whole image of your like 
DMing your like oh, your yeah. D games is like a Curse of Stroud game with a fun twist. But like I'm kind of curious about how much of the Curse of Strad do you feel like ownership of? Like how like how much of it feels like your game? I guess I feel a lot of ownership in the world that we created, like the off camera stuff. Yeah, because I, I did like a lot of blend with the characters that the book gave and like what those characters are like, and some are very much what they were supposed to be like in the book on their on screen time, and some of them are mm. what they were like in the book in their off screen time. Um, so I think that, yeah, that, that feel like a lot of that feels very me and yeah, I guess a lot of the things that I had problems with in it and I just kind of changed cause I was like, <laughs> sure. cause this was before they did a lot of like revision stuff of it. Uh, and I just took mm. out a lot of bullshit oh, right. cause I was like, sure. yeah, I don't think that we, that this is, uh, this is fun material for a game. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> But it's also weird to think of ownership with it because so much of it changed from the book and also from what I had planned because of you guys. Like, I feel like you guys shaped the world a whole lot more than I did in the end, <laughs> which is also very fun. Yeah, I will say is uh, I, I was running Curse of Strahd towards the beginning of this. I think it ended a couple months in, maybe less than a year into this. Um, mm -hmm. I ran it very by the book. I didn't yeah. make a lot of changes to it. It is a very different campaign from the one that we played. <laughs> I remember that first uh, that first session when like the bell rang and like everyone dropped out of character. I was so fucking confused. Yeah. Like I had that. That's legitimately one of like the, my favorite moments as a. I think that was maybe one of my favorite moments of the campaign was just my complete and utter confusion at what was going on and then how excited i was that i had no idea what was going on despite knowing this campaign very well that was awesome i loved that hey so yeah cool. like that that was that was kind of like one of my questions like what were your expectations of this game as we we're gonna play it and how did it wildly differ you know maybe including the part where it was all a reality tv show i was also concerned about playing through because I had gone through Strahd all the way as a player. And I knew that there were other routes that places could take, and I knew there were other options, and I knew it would be a different DM, so I wasn't worried about, like, spoilers so much. <laughs> but I was concerned that I knew too much. And uh, that did not seem to be a problem. Hanked <laughs> <laughs> it up too much, baby. Yeah, I didn't know much. I knew, I knew, I knew that Barovia was a lame, <laughs> demi played thing. You can't get out. There's a lot of stuff you can't have. Primarily, I was concerned with the mechanics of the mechanics of my wizard, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like because there was like there was like a message early on where you were like, oh yeah, and like yeah. certain certain stuff doesn't work in Barovia, obviously, and and <laughs> so, so I was like. I was. I remember being very concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I sent a message just because, like, it's got like a whole bunch of stuff of like you can't use transportation magic to get out, and if you try, like the the spell just yeah. fizzles out. And I was like, I don't want them to go in and take a high level spell to try and get out, and then for it just mm. to fail because that feels really shitty. Like that's not that's not fun. Like that's just like a gotcha, and I didn't want to do that. So I was just like, early on, you can't get out unless like you've you know, essentially do the whole thing because the game decided that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I didn't really know anything. I, I was tempted to pick <laughs> up a Curse of Strahd book a couple of times, but I never did. <laughs> so you all should be very proud of me. Great so job. Proud. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. I was almost an asshole, but I wasn't. <laughs> 
Oh, Emily, my. not quite an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the the kind of halfway ish point where uh, I talk about the stuff that uh, I don't think anyone's going to ask about, uh, but I want to talk about more than anything. It's the music. Well, welcome. I love talking about the music. The music was my favorite thing nice. to do in this entire campaign. It's so fun to me because uh, I like the way that music interplays with stories. So I'm gonna talk yeah. about it. Nice. I, I think we we were getting some comments in the Discord recently. Oh, by the way, Critchet has a Discord server that you can join which has a discord and <laughs> please come join us it's fun about how good the music was and the editing and the sound Damn. editing so that's cool i'm excited tell me so majority of the music that i got was uh from like the youtube audio library because free and good uh and but a lot of it was from uh, darren curtis music.com who gets a special shout out because it's most of the music in it or most of like my favorite pieces that are in it also is the music that is the bookends of the show like the do 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 that's darren curtis as well as the uh the interlude music uh those are both that sweet angel i've got a lot of things so everyone in the show essentially had their own kind of uh, vibe music. Uh, Strahd's was the piano, as is quite obvious, I feel like. There's a lot of Strahd piano going on. He plays the piano. Uh, Eva, once you find out that uh, she is Strahd's sister, adopts his piano music. So it's a little family tie. Everyone else got vibes. Fang's pretty obviously is kind of like a rock guitar vibe. I was very like grungy bastard. Uh, Fandango got that Western edge because hell, hell yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. Both Sari and Camilla, I put as like kind of similar vibes because they're like, you know, grew up together and were the same. They diverged a little bit towards the end for, you know, reasons. Reasons. Um, but they, they always had very airy feel to them, like a very, yeah, etherealness, I guess. And ponchos were all a bit like synthy and had a little bit of weird futuristic kind of music feeling because magic. <laughs> magic. Magic, baby. I'm not going to be able to use this voice anymore. No. <laughs> no. I just yeah. realized. <laughs> nah, in crit chat, that's how you're going to have to talk for the rest of your life. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Alfred. <laughs> Uh, what were some of the other things? Oh, I did a, a couple like bookend things. Like uh, there's a song called Haven of the Fairies, which is the first music that you hear when you're in Barovia. And also the last music you hear as you're driving back through it to mm-hmm. go to the castle. There's uh, Pink Flamingo and Into Oblivion, which are the first ones you hear respectively for Rictavia and Ismark. And they're also the last things that you hear when you're talking to Rictavia and Ismark uh, before you leave them forever. And my favorite bit of music in the entire thing uh, is called, well, I I keep referring to it every time like I'm writing down what I need to use for things. I refer to it as Fang's song, uh, but it's called The Quiet Aftermath. It is uh, the one that you hear anytime Fang's going through some sad emotional things. Got it when she's back reunited with her mom and when she figured out that her mom had like did the contracts for her and everything. Uh, And it is also the music that we here at the end when Kathy kills Strahd because it's both of their kills really in the end. I just really enjoyed it. I like mm. doing music. It made me happy. <laughs> You're, uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't say this lightly. <laughs> Not that I say anything lightly, but uh, 
<laughs> I say only th- I only say, only heavy, say that heavy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm deep, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you always hit like emotional tones super well. Like mm-hmm. even though we played the game, it was always fun to like listen back, <laughs> especially with the final episode. The way that you weaved your narration about what was actually going on in the battle mm-hmm. was like really mm, cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought that was really cool. And also how you, with the music and the narration there, and also how you edit so crisp, especially because there's a lot of fuckery going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always wonder what's going to make the cut. Because that's part of the reason <laughs> that I'm, like, excited to listen. That's why I'm a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I always, I always, I always wish that there was like what I always imagine is like if you had like the cutting, the virtual cutting room floor, mm-hmm. and just like as things were cut, they just went into another audio file, and if you just played that, like it would just, it would be hours and hours of just fucking nothing and just like garbage <laughs> not not nothing because nothing would be easy to spot because it's just yeah, yeah. it's just empty waveforms right but like just <laughs> just, <laughs> just like so much of it would just be shit 20 no wait what do i sorry i'll, so just, much I'll get the rolling dice Fuck and... this goddamn book i hate it there is nothing about this book that makes most, sense most yeah a lot of it is me being like what fucking page is on <laughs> That's 90% of half damage. <laughs> Wait, there's supposed to be an encounter right here. We're not doing the encounter. <laughs> Guess what Rufus is? Yeah. Amber. <laughs> Just Like, through. for every time that you hear in the podcast uh, that I'm skipping an encounter, there uh, multiply it by 50. Like, these guys heard so often, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, because I don't want to <laughs> do that much. Combat isn't as interesting in a podcast. Like, it's slow. And, like, when it's done, like, in yeah. big moments... Fun when it's just like, and then some more werewolves come along. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? No one it, cares. It kind of reminds me of how in Princess Bride, when Peter Falk is like, Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that part. I'll just fast forward through <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were in the pit of despair. <laughs> and then we keep pit going. of despair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did anyone have any other questions? Ismay. Hi. <laughs> what was the plan if any of us died? Ooh. And did you ever anticipate us dying? Fandang- Fandango. <laughs> Fandang. So, uh, I, okay. It was less I anticipated people dying, but more like had plans for if people died. One is, well, you know, you can get a new character easily enough. If you had had a character that died and you wanted to bring that character back, uh, it would essentially have involved the showrunners coming to you again and be like, well, we can bring your friend back, but uh, hey, sweetie, it's contract time. We're going to need some assurances when this is all over. And in a similar way, mostly if you guys died in the final fight and weren't able to get revived as Camilla was, again, showrunners there be like, okay, so you're going to stay in the show and you say no. And they say, okay, well, we're taking our props and leaving. Dead body, inanimate object. Object is propped of the show. She comes with us. And so they keep you unless you sign the contract. So that was my plan. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, a, I, you know, when I asked my question initially, uh, I, I wasn't yes. expecting to hear that my corpse would be a puppet. Uh, Not a puppet, a prop. <laughs> puppet, a bargaining chip. 
for later when they need to be like, oh, look at this coat, look at the look at the dead body. Ah, uh, it's a prop. Set dressing. Set you know. dressing. Well, does it fall under set dressing or costumes or like which department oh. is actually in charge? I hope it doesn't <laughs> fall under costumes, Emily. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're look, you already said that the that my, my skin was going to be a character, so it's like do I put the lotion in the prop, basket prop, or prop, like prop. what? <laughs> like, I had a question for all of you guys individually. What were your expectations of your individual characters and what actually became of your characters? I pretty much expected Fang to go that way. Mm. She ended up a little less evil than I expected, honestly. I think Pancho pretty much exactly what I expected. <laughs> Maybe well, I, I, I think I probably expected him to like soften up before the end and not turn evil. Probably. <laughs> like I, I, I thought, I thought it would be like a nice story in the end. Probably. This is pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> you found some rad it's pretty powers. close to what I expected. Yeah, he was yeah like a, a grumpy and eccentric, and I think the, the the main character arc that I sort of imagined is the assuming that, that they are the only competent person and assuming responsibility for everyone's safety, I guess, or like not expecting anything of anyone to he, realizing he's not all that and everyone is good at stuff, Aww. you know. And I think that that's not yeah. I I probably I think I dropped that somewhat. Like, I like, yeah, it wasn't very explicit, I guess, but it was still, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry was sorry, and sorry is me. So it was kind of, I, I wanted to stick kind of close to me in a way, but with a higher voice and a little bit more selfish, I think, <laughs> in some ways. Uh, I got, I actually got away with a lot more than I thought I would with sorry, which was great. Uh <laughs> You know, it's really good that she had that much charisma. She has more charisma than I do because she, as a character, is able to do shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, but you as a human being, you as a human being convinced me that you were allowed to do the shit. So I'm not sure that that's the case. I think that your charismas are equal because I let you get away with some fucking garbage because you got that Emily Kikinski charm. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to be a showrunner so someday. So this is really good about, like, convincing executives about like yeah. <laughs> like no there needs to be a werewolf that has tea with the queen you don't understand like it just feels right uh, really it just threw for a loop that you gave us the opportunity to turn evil I didn't, I was very, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at making decisions, but in the end, I'm like, sorry, wants what all the, everybody else is getting. And she feels sad that she wouldn't be able to be included. And that was hard. That was, that was weird and hard, but it was so fun. Kasari was very yeah. sour. She wasn't really evil. She was just like bitter. Yeah. 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 I, I really liked that. Kind of sorry. I, like that was, yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, but, like was, became a lot more like streak of selfishness, I guess is something that I didn't expect at all as we were starting and getting into it. And yeah, but it was really, I thought it was really good. And she was really, it's really interesting. It, it, yeah, yeah. It was a very, like, I, I think that for the people that picked up powers, like everyone went about getting that evilness. Cause I, again, I, it wasn't explicitly said in the show, but essentially in the book, it says, if you take a power, you have to roll and there's a very high chance that your character becomes evil and taken over by the DM. Yeah. Which I thought sucked because, ugh. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I just essentially gave everyone evil points and they had to do unevil action for every power that they took. And I really like that Fang just got more like, fuck you, because, you know, it's just Fang amplified. Poncho got a lot more. I'm going to do this and, 
you guys can kind of suck it. I've got shit to do. Get out my way. And uh, sorry, got a lot more. I'm sorry, what to say? I can do what I want because look at me, honey. And yeah, I just really like that the kind of evil that everyone adopted was very character specific. It felt really good. It's like we've been playing these characters for three years. <laughs> for three whole ass motherfucking years, though. It's like how Sylvester Stallone can just pop into Rocky anytime he wants. He'll be a ghost. Yeah, that's so difficult for him. That's such a stretch. <laughs> Such a deep and intricate role. <laughs> I love it. Anyone, Whoa. anytime anyone like offhandedly mentions a movie, <laughs> he just <laughs> ignites. <laughs> Watching more movies lately has made me realize I don't really like movies. <laughs> a lot of movies, they're bad. Basically, what I what I played through the last time, I played through with a barbarian character. So coming in, I was just like, I want to do the opposite. I tend to play characters that hang back and throw things at people from a distance. So I didn't want to lean completely into that, but I also didn't want to play the opposite. Um, and I also knew that going into Barovia, we'd need a healer character. So I kind of metagamed a little bit. <laughs> I didn't quite know what she was going to be until I opened my mouth to say her first line. I was like, okay, bookish tea, cool. Like, it's a facet of my personality. I'm a, like, I'm more introverted than people realize. We're just going to amplify that mm. and we'll see what comes out of that. Yeah, she was a lot more grounded than I expected. And she was a <laughs> lot more introverted than I expected. Sometimes, like, n without sounding too hippy dippy, a lot of times she surprised me with what she was doing. And I was like, okay, we're gonna just lean into this as hard as possible. I personally loved it when Camilla got pissed off at everybody. Like, <laughs> oh, that was that yeah. was so rewarding. That was genuinely one of my favorite moments <laughs> in the whole thing. It was so oh <laughs> it's just like oh no well, group mom is mad yeah. oh wait my moral compass I like, I like the group mom and also the actual mom <laughs> yeah yeah i what i find so funny about that whole way that all played out yeah is i was talking to a coworker a while back and i was like i you know i really want to be i'm pretty much chaotic good and she was like no you're lawful good yeah I, i'm lawful good that wants to be chaotic good mel <laughs> is just lawful good yeah like, she doesn't have that facet she doesn't want to throw a monkey wrench in things she wants everything to spell out exactly the way that it is and she knows exactly what she views as right and exactly what she views as wrong and she's just going for it when we went into the two like immediately when you were like you can get powers and there are these corpses you know, there's this skeleton who's morally ambiguous, but is leaning towards the evil side. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. immediately, 100% knew I wasn't doing it. And then as everyone was saying yes, I was not surprised. She was surprised. Mm -hmm. It's like she's the only one who actually paid attention in D.A.R.E. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Say no to weird cactuses, yes. friends. <laughs> yeah, oh that's God. exactly what it felt like. It felt like... You would steal um, a car. It felt car. like all of my friends were like... <laughs> doing drugs and i was like but no drugs are bad that episode was one of my favorites to do because like at the end all of us were like kind of just sitting there being like this is wild because like it was so because all of you had been very like cohesive this entire time and this was mm. the first time that there was kind of like actual proper like rifts in what you should be doing and it was such like a visceral rift of like y'all were threatening each other like actual threatening each other and that was radical and i loved yeah. it yeah. <laughs> i I, like, I went to work the next day 
And I have a couple of D&D friends at work, like a couple of tabletop <laughs> gamers that I work with. And I went up to one of them and I was like, I tried to attack our wizard. <laughs> and I had to text him afterwards and apologize because I felt <laughs> terrible about it. Uh, it yeah. was so cute was because so, after, yeah. after that encounter, Allie was just like, I just want everyone to know <laughs> I love you all very much. <laughs> and this was only my character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those like very good like characters like because you all there's always those players who's like oh, it's just what my character would do but it's using it to do douchey things but this mm. was so like it had a build up to it that it wasn't just like out of nowhere being an asshole or out of nowhere just going against what the party wanted it was very like she had kept saying we are not doing this this is the last one and it kept building up to a crescendo and I just ooh chef's kiss I love it it's like part of me wishes that we were able to play a little bit more before getting to Strahd with like those new personalities but at the same time it also feels like the marshmallows and lucky Mm. charms where it's like you gotta have so many of them and I think it worked for the climax and the penultimate yeah it it, it was really good timing I thought yeah yeah Uh, yeah, I think it could have felt a bit miserable if we'd (laughs) if it yeah (laughs) like I there's only so many times I can yell at Camilla (laughs) 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 as a lead-in from that what were your like favorite moments from the series probably Fang's date I also really liked dressing up Fang and getting her ready. <laughs> that was really great. <laughs> I, I did like doing like all the individual ones and the little crossovers. That was fun. That was a, like a fun little divergent episode because you don't have a lot of time in Barovia just to, you know, do mm. little character studies. I thought that was fun. I had a good time doing it. Can I, can I say, I realized as we got into Valaki, I think mm-hmm. is the town. Flabbletacky. Um, I <laughs> remembered that character the burgomaster's son and i was like i'm gonna have to role play having a crush on this dude aren't i <laughs> ismay's not gonna give me a choice it's gonna happen it's like I've, it's been set up too well my like I, with that whole thing one of my favorite moments that i've ever experienced maybe as a person is like when victor that was his name before he fucking kicked it was like oh i've got like my cool nightmare room uh, come and see my nightmare room and like got up his little ladder and like held a hand out for fang to to come up and it was like yeah i take in to let him help me up even though i don't need it. wait is this is this what it's like to be a woman <laughs> like yes you got there we did it everybody <laughs> That was good shit. Remember that. Yeah, I am more capable and stronger than you, but sure. I'm we solve gender norms. <laughs> it was so funny. To I me. completely forgot about that. Oh, I can't. Every day I think about yeah. it. My favorite moment was listening to Poncho give up his memory oh, and then yeah. hearing like the memory play out. Oh, because you didn't hear it yet yeah. during the session. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was well done. That one was, uh, we, I, I knew that we had to do a uh, memory-taking thing. Well, I say I knew. I made it so <laughs> that was the case. <laughs> Essential message, Alfred, being like, yeah, just work out what is like an important thing in Poncho's life that if it was taken away from him, uh, would kind of change how he sees things or like change something about him. Also, if it like tugs at people's heartstrings, that would be a bonus. Thank you. <laughs> if, it, if it's very sad, that would be a little bit of a bonus. Thank you can you. make it a sad one for me. That would be, <laughs> that would be a choice. And it was so perfect. It was really sad. It was and so it tied sad. into the finale, which I thought was really like 
that mm. was just like the nail in the in the board. It was just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was what's is that pretty much what solidified like you're going to stay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, like and like I was waiting. I knew that that b- bombshell was going to be dropped. It was like, yeah, I was waiting yeah. for waiting for that slow motion train to like hit the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was I was really pleased with it. Like because it was the decision to make it because Poncho expects to have a good memory taken away right and that was that's like bad to lose a good memory but i was proud of that making it a, making it a sad memory i really liked any opportunity that i had to have a conversation with one person mm. or were even like listening back to conversations that didn't involve me or were to the side or i love that this group was willing to delve further into character than like was absolutely necessary to play the game. All the characters worked well together. And I think that that was my original answer thinking about this was making the characters and like realizing slowly that all of them fit together. There's a magical moment where it's like, oh, right, we own a coffee shop together. Like that makes total 100% (laughs) sense. Oh, you live upstairs. Like, (laughs) oh, wait, you work there? Okay. Like, you know, just like, it's, it's like when everything slots together and you didn't plan it for session zero. And I think leading to the like one-on-one conversations with characters and seeing that they still slotted together, even when they weren't there as a a cohesive unit, it was just amazing moments for me. I definitely feel like that's something I learned from this to take forward into like just D&D in general, like one-on-one stuff, like just that that's the shit <laughs> it's yeah, it it adds so much to like flavor to ever like everyone's playtime yeah like i said at the beginning the uh the reveal that this was a reality show really threw me for a loop that's really when i realized i was like oh this is not going to be at all like the campaign i ran which i was very excited about because i was a little worried going into this that i might like just get bored because I I know what's going to happen and I know what's going on. And I had undiagnosed ADHD at the time. So paying attention to stuff was really difficult. Um, I I would say that was like the the big moment that stands out in my mind. Uh, Definitely all the, yeah, like everyone said, all the interpersonal stuff, one-on-one stuff, like the big fight in the Amber Temple, that that was all great. As like a bookend on the other side. I I know it's because, again, because of the the ADHD thing, uh, it might just be because it just happened. But one of my favorite, it was just, I had to stop editing for a minute because it made me so unbelievably happy. It was just, we were uh, recording the ending for Sari and Camilla and like it was you know it's quite a serious that it was like it was very like emotional and heartfelt and Emily started saying it was it was when you were talking about getting the wrong ingredients for the starting time of the cafe and Emily starts the sentence and then kind of falls into laughter about the situation and like during that laughter Ali starts laughing and immediately picks up the sentence in a perfect flow and I just had to stop I like I cried a little bit because it was so like like three years ago we didn't really know each other and at this point it's the whole finishing each other's sandwiches thing but also just in the midst of something that is so heartfelt but also in the midst of laughter it was just such a perfect encapsulation of 
of what we had made in three years. And it just like, it made my heart absolutely melt. And I had a little stop and a cry and it was lovely. Nice. <laughs> Here's that, that guys. We're her favorites. <laughs> yeah. Not you. Us. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no. Wait, Emily, right. You were saying like a compared to me. Yeah, no. She's talking to us often. <laughs> Um, um, I don't have anything. I don't have a comeback. That sucks. <laughs> I quit. I quit the show. It's Three stupid. years. Like huh? Three I years. was legitimately crying there, and you just shook me out of it completely. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Does anyone have any questions about like the transfer from oh, Fang to Fandango? I, I feel like I haven't talked about that at all. Yes, please. All of the things. How did it go, baby? I'm not a clever person. <laughs> I went from a character who had a voice that I got sick of doing to a character with three voices, <laughs> yes. two of which I didn't really want to do that much. <laughs> Did not realize until moments before the character was getting introduced in game that this is what I was going to have to do. So I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take oh. the thing I hated the most about my other character and amplify <laughs> to it three times. Three times. Leave it in, triple it. Uh, oh. But no, Fandango was really fun. I essentially had two concepts when we started the campaign, which was like a barbarian who knew nothing about Barovia or a cleric of secrets who knew everything about Barovia, because I figured that would be the easiest way for me to handle running this game before. So I ended up going with uh, Fang initially. She was a lot of fun to play. I don't know if I'm ever going to play a teenage girl again. No! Because... But you do it so well. <laughs> it's so good! Do I? Oh, yeah. Do I? Oh, hey, Ian, sure. you could definitely be on those, like, child ca- predator catcher shows. You should... <laughs> God damn it, I, I don't know what that means. Ask the catfish. I hope. I hope is the implication. Yeah, and then the guy, what's his name, Danson, comes in, and he's like, hi. Chris yeah, Hansen. Chris Hansen. Hansen. Right. And he's like, okay. hi, <laughs> We're not just three three years into this, and Emma's like, hey, you might be a predator. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I genuinely, I had no, I could not, I did not know what you meant other than. <laughs> I was in that same boat. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant, but I was still like, that's not what that sounds like. You didn't say that good. Look, no. guys, look, I was up late and I had a long day yesterday. And then us decided oh, so at good. one o'clock in the morning that we were going to do this. So I'm allowed to misstep my words. Thank yeah. you very much. So I was, was at bad. work until three o'clock in the morning. Excuse me. <laughs> she me a pedophile. Yeah, I was up playing RimWorld until 4.30 in the morning. Emily. But you guys don't get it. The world revolves around me. So that's the sorry in you. Remember. The charmed life of Emily Kokoski continues, baby. Yeah, but the like the whole concept for Fandango, I literally thought up in the session where Fang left. Like we came up with that sort of throwaway idea of the resistance and everything, and I spent the rest (laughs) of that session just writing and creating that character. To the point where when we came back for the next <laughs> record and you guys were doing a recap, I was like, whoa, when did this happen? Did I step away or something? But I, I was just so hyper-focused on making yeah. this character that I did not hear what was going on in the session. You know what's in- nice. that's an interesting parallel to me about Ian and how he's played this campaign? Is that there have been two episodes 
where Ian does barely anything. <laughs> and it's the opening episode. And it's not oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opening episode because we don't, I don't think mm-hmm. we hear a lick from Ian. I'm not there. No, you don't know. No, no you, you hear <laughs> me laugh. Right, right. Yeah. I listened to it recently. I get a <laughs> yeah. laugh. There was, because my my friends have, I, I've introduced friends to the show and they've listened to that episode. They, they'll listen to the first episode and they're like, is there another guy? Is there another guy there? <laughs> so Ian, how come you don't like playing d and <laughs> It was it was really funny. It was really funny introducing my friends to it because I was super hyped. And then I sent them all the link to the first episode, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "I'm not fucking in there." <laughs> and that's pretty much the message I got from everyone. It was just like, "Did you send me the right link? You're not in there." It's like Jack Whitehall when he like, realized he wasn't in Frozen. He's like, "What?" <laughs> Or David Prowse when he went to see Star Wars and realized they dubbed over his voice. I just find that hilarious that it's happened to you twice. (laughs) Which is such a testament to you. (laughs) Patience. I don't know what kind of testament it is, but yeah, I guess so. But but like you were so you were you were there though. You were present. I was the whole time. I was present. It's not like I wasn't on the call. Yeah. Um, is there anything, this is kind of for Ismay, but it's whoever wants to jump in. Is there anything that you wish we had done that we didn't do? Mm. Or has some, something that you wish your character had done that you were hoping to do? So I get very anxious. And so I monologue at myself to try to figure out how to go through situations. So mm-hmm. like for the last recording that Allie and I were going to do, I stood in front of my mirror and I was going oh. through 40 different scenarios of how we were going to do it. And I was we- like, okay, is Sari going to be like, start off angry and then go soft? Or is she going to be soft, go angry and then end soft? Because I'm like, okay, I don't know what we're going to, like, we, we had an idea of what we were going to do. And I'm like, I just want to feel prepared in my brain space. Yeah. We we had a really long conversation, Ismay. It was a very like, long, yeah. like, yeah. We, we were engineers. Yeah. And I, I don't regret that we didn't do any of that because I really love the moment mm-hmm. that we had. Uh, I don't know. It, it was, I think I just really enjoyed playing Sorry being very salty and angry. And part of me wanted to do that more. But I also, I, it's, it's kind of like what we were saying before. It wouldn't have had as satisfying bits. My favorite was when I said a dig at Fang when she left. And I'm like, that was good. Yeah, I did like that. I'm sorry, Ian, but it was funny. I was listening <laughs> to the episode back and you were like, I am so, I feel so bad right now. <laughs> I'm like, yay! <laughs> Wait, so what? 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 When are you ta- referring um, to? You aren't doing anything as usual, and uh, I was <laughs> wow. Talking Strahd, colon, I... <laughs> let's subtweet Ian. I, th- I thought that this was going to be sorry saying something bad about Fang, but actually... <laughs> this has just been the roast of Ian Mitchell hosted by Emily Kuklinski. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Ian with Emily. Welcome to the Ian Intervention. <laughs> it, was, it was like I, I said something about like, well, you're not here. I remember feeling bad about it, but I don't remember what you said. <laughs> you said something like, "We'll have we'll have Fang, so it'll be okay." Yep. Like, we'll all be okay because Fang will be there, and Fang yep. is always so yeah. Fang knows what to do. 
Fang always That's knows right. what to yeah. do. Fortunately, you guys got to a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do, and we carefully avoided a bunch that I was like, nah, I'm not into this. I like the way that it all went, and I don't think that having added a bunch more conversations to it would have added too much. But I'm always a sucker for like really getting into specific characters, and like I fell in love with all of the NPCs, and I was like, oh, what, <laughs> what if like I like I had so many scenarios in my head of like what would happen if they talked to this character more and this character more uh so the part of me is sad that they didn't come about because i really i liked them i think like ismark was maybe one of the ones that i was sad that we didn't get spend more time with him because i liked because he very much became the character that he was in bits and pieces because he first when i thought of him like he was there at the bar and he was like not talking to you when you are off the air but when he came on the air he's like hello adventurers kind of like very like big himself up and at the initial part he was supposed to be kind of douchey like uh, I'm the star like Strahd doesn't know it but I'm the star but it kind of because of who Irina was and the fact that they were close like he became a nicer person because you can't be that near Irina not be a good bitch <laughs> and he just yeah he turned into this character that was like had grown up his entire life in the show and so any time that it came to talking out of character and like not within the bounds of what the show is, he got really like physically anxious and nervy. Like the, the conversation with Poncho when he can barely say what he wants to say, I really enjoyed because like, yeah, like that's his whole life. And while it's not the best life, what else is he going to do? Like the, the fact of that is like he is stuck in that show and he, he's terrified of the fact that he's going to lose the only person that's really there for him. And, like, I really liked him as a character. And I'm a bit sad that we didn't get as much of my sweet boy, Ismark, my sweet little anxiety boy. I wanted more romances. <laughs> this one. <laughs> the, the fact and that you and Irina didn't get together is the worst thing of my life. The fact that you and Irina didn't smooch is the worst thing in my life. I put in so much romantic music for you bastards. I know. <laughs> I was very upset about that. And I was also a little surprised that we did end up killing Strahd. I thought that there was a future where maybe we didn't kill him, but mm -hmm. I didn't really know how that would play mm -hmm. out. It was just like in the back of my head. I'm like, I wonder if there's a way to save him, like the yeah. saving complex. But I think we were all so far gone into being evil that that was never going to be an opportunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way that you gone like evil wise, like I thought, yeah, you're probably going to kill Strahd. And obviously like I do. Yeah, there was definitely... I didn't know what it would be, but I feel like there would have been a way if, like, you had, like, been very focused on making it so he lives in the end that that would have happened. Um, but again, like... If we'd made more Paragon choices instead of Paragon taking all the choices. Renegade options. Yeah, then we would have unlocked the uh, the Paragon choice at the end that's yeah, locked yeah. so that if, yeah, you, if, you, if, you, if you're choosing, like, the ones that feel right in the moment, you don't get the good ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, to get kind of, like, a little armchair psychology with it. So in the book, it says, like, one of the main reasons that I made Strahd the way that he is, is in the book, it was like, Strahd thinks that he's the best person in the entire world, but he's looking for someone to succeed him but really doesn't think that anyone is going to be good enough and I was like like that's a lot to to deal with as like a character so I kind of made it I made that divergent of like he thinks he's the best on camera but off camera he was very like oh I'm kind of done and I kind of want like someone to kind of let me rest at this point but and here's where the armchair psychology comes in I'm gonna try and not make this too sad for this specific thing I thought a lot about uh, how my terrible father was because 
was he was very that parent that is like, okay, I'm not going to let you win any games because if I let you win, then you're not actually winning. So you're really going to like the time where you beat me, that means that you've actually earned it. But the second that, like, in my life, I beat my father at a game, suddenly the rules changed and it was, I had cheated. I had not done anything right. His controller was off. Something was going wrong. So I hadn't actually won and got angry about that. And so I I thought that that was, like, a fun thing for Strahd to do. Like, I think that during the entire campaign, he genuinely thought within himself that he wanted one of you to succeed and like so that he could be free but when the moment came he was like actually this fucking sucks are you kidding these guys and me no yeah i don't think that he had lied to you guys i think that he had lied to himself the entire time and also he was a bit more likely to do that after he found out that y'all had taken some evil powers was like cool 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 sucks (laughs) I really liked that moment that you gave him where he was like, wait, this is actually going to happen. You're going to really let me die. That that was like in my head, the justification yeah. of, okay, he, he's he got to go. <laughs> they got to make you guys feel a little bit better about killing that motherfucker. Yeah, I, I have a lot of conflictions about killing murderers. So I like <laughs> <laughs> really helped. I think going to Kresik might have been fun. That was the one village mm. we didn't go to on the... Uh, west of barovia it's like a weird walled off town so essentially there's like a temple there where there's been a priest that's been running it for like longer than a human priest should (laughs) turns out he's a deva who's been driven insane uh so that's a whole thing yeah it felt like the story never like really got there so i didn't read it because i was like "Ah, yeah no that's that's (laughs) fair we we completely ignored it i just uh yeah it's a it's a cool little part of the the map what i would have liked to see more of is um those treasures of beating strad <laughs> would have liked to see those more uh, earlier on yeah i i had this it, it, like al- although it's kind of funny like i did like there were there were times during the campaign like thinking about just the campaign and our mm-hmm. progress where when i stepped back i could like logically reason that it's a D campaign we're gonna get strong when we kill the vampire but like during it it felt very much like there's this omnipotent vampire and everything we do gets undone and there we're not actually making any progress or acquiring anything useful and so there was like yeah for a really long time I was like this sucks <laughs> where's my magic <laughs> nothing nothing that we do has any meaning i mean it has meaning but it doesn't progress us yeah so much of that was like the problem like i I really wanted to actually do like the card pulling thing at the beginning because like oh that'd be so fun and then i just got note after note of and that's in the castle and that's in the castle and that's in the castle and there was one thing that you pulled that wasn't in the castle i was like okay where do we do the campaign part like how do we do the part where there's actually things to play because you're you're supposed to just go straight there that's not enough you guys are gonna die and like it's very very, apart from those very um, light on magical items and stuff, which is like, oh, it's so much. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, like, I t- yeah, I totally, totally get that. And it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, wild that so the cards wild. can go that way. But, um, <laughs> so but, but also it was like, yeah, like that, that was the bit where I was kind of like flip-flopping, like, because on the one hand, sort of the point of uh, Barovia and the vampire <laughs> yeah. story and like. Yeah, I think that yeah. that was part of like why they don't put as much eggs. There's like, oh, you're scared. I was like, but it's fun to yeah. get fun magic stuff. But I didn't know if that would offset the whole end bit. I gave my players some magic items mm-hmm. and still managed to kill one of them in the 
final fight with Strahd. I think it was specifically the time where um, a certain someone <laughs> said Strahd while we were looking at the <laughs> shiny green stones that we got. <laughs> and then we lost them. <laughs> I, got, I, I, was, I was like genuinely mad. <laughs> Not anyone in specific. Like, you know, it happened how it happened. And it was, it was kind of great. Was that me? Was I the bad guy? Was I the one who did it? I mean, you said the name and then I was the bitch. So I think that we can take I'm we can take so joint sorry. custody of this one. That I mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm very sorry. That was that's one thing I regret is not remembering. I don't regret it. That oh. the running joke of both sorry and Emily forgetting <laughs> yes! that you can't say his name. Like to like to be clear, if you're listening to this, that was never like you maybe did that once on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> The rest of the time, it was legitimately us having to remind Emily the person not to say his name. I am very dumb. When when that happened with the stones, I was so pissed off at myself. It took a minute for me to realize oh. that I did it. And Alfred, your your upsetness was twofold in my brain. I felt so upset. Oh, I love I'm it. sorry. No. My question was, if you could watch one character's spin-off series, which character would it be and what would the show Ooh. be? <laughs> Including NPCs. Uh, That's so good. I think, uh, yes. I want to see, like, uh, Faerun X-Files with Rictavia and Esmeralda. Uh, yes. Nice. As, like, Mulder and Scully. <laughs> yes. yes. It would definitely, nice. you know, have to be a prequel. But they also uh. still can't be friends. <laughs> they all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely yeah. not friends. A lot of will they, won't they? Won't they? Rictavia's, like, 30 yeah. years. Older. Octavia's so old. old. Will they? Won't they? <laughs> they will not. Won't they? <laughs> Circle <laughs> won't they on the form. Rub out. Will they? Rub it out. <laughs> I'm gonna go two completely different directions. Is Mark? I think would be really interesting and would also be really um, dramatic, um, to say the least. Especially if you start from like the very beginning of his life, time, and Brovia etc. And like the introduction of Irina and then the like how many heroes he's watched go on this quest, what his life has been like, what his leadership has been like. It would be really interesting. And then if you want to go uh, completely bonkers, uh, Mordenkind. Yeah, I mean, that's, he just want to know about Mordenkind, babe. I kind of would have liked more time with him and I kind of wish that I I, like, I know he didn't want us to break through, but I kind of wish we would have broken through. I would have liked to see where it that was yeah i there was definitely really wanted to just like yeah, just like pop pandora's box yeah and like, yeah like just that yeah but like just his arrival to barovia his history what happened prior to taking away his own brain it's funny because mordenkainen is the reason i thought of this question <laughs> because mordenkainen like showing up i was i was thinking about that and how it's kind of fun in this kind of mcu kind of way yeah like you've got these cross big big, big major crossover characters who make cameos and stuff and I kind of, it's like, it's like the kind of shit that I really want to do in my DMing, right? Like if you run, you, you you want that to like run a campaign that lasts a long time. You have players who come in different campaigns and, but they, they see certain characters pop in and out. Like that's, yeah, that's so fun. Uh, I think Ismark and Irina, I imagine them being in a sitcom where they get a flat <laughs> together and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, 
like, uh, <laughs> what is it, Perfect Strangers? It's like a guy living in America and his cousin comes to live with him from another country. You've mentioned this before. <laughs> I have. I know. It's driving me. I need, I'm looking it up this time. But I feel like they would be like a really fun chaotic energy and then warden kaiden's their neighbor and it's just like he's the he's the norm (laughs) you know it's like warden or what did you do this time kaiden or like just something he's the kramer he just walks in like like the one that like i feel like would be make like a nice companion piece uh would be like seeing kathy back in her adventuring days because oh yeah like a prequel yeah like kathy used to be an adventurer and i really like the idea of doing that and the idea of being able to see parallels between her time there and time now so like maybe a reason as to why she was so very very against you guys getting things from the amber temple like she's probably seen people fall to that before we were talking like because she had like an immediate bond with Fandango is like maybe there was like a rogue Kenku in in her old party and so she's like you know like I know this vibe already we've already got this going on like as a companion piece would be fun I'd watch that my one is kind of similar to Kathy but mine's just Irina warrior princess (laughs) Uh, I have the power (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah just imagining Lucy Lawless do like Irina's voice or like just I just imagine it. I see Irina as Ismay. Like, I see Ismay's face when I imagine Irina. Um, I'm down. And that voice, and just, yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. She was supposed to be an audio gag for one episode, really. And that was it. And then she became just glommed onto her. I want, I want it on the record. I did not no, glom we on her. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of glomming is, that's what I did. That's, prob- that's probably what sealed the deal, to be honest. Oh, me pushing back it. against it so hard was was cemented everyone and else was loving fan favorite Irina. <laughs> yeah. but really in the background yeah. ian is writing uh Irina fan fiction on ao3 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. shut up shut <laughs> up i told you that in confidence uh but yeah i think that that's that's it my dude <laughs> fuck uh yeah this is we did this for three fucking years you guys uh, made, made uh, uh, like, I, I know that I've told you guys before, and I think I've said it on the show before, like, a couple of times, but I have not always had the easiest time these past three years, um, and sometimes when we have started recording, I have been in a really, really bad place, um, but consistently, uh, this has just, like, always been, like, a little, a little bright spot to one record things with you and then bullshit about the recording and then listen back to it afterwards and some editing and still still laugh at the same things that I was laughing at before. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's been a very, very special project to me and I'm just endlessly, endlessly thankful that you guys came on this long, weird journey with me. <laughs> but it's now immortalized. <laughs> and it's now, Ooh, and yeah. And now I don't have to talk to you guys again. Yeah. Like, no. I, why do I need you guys? Well, to this talk is to it, them? right? Like, yeah, we're the done. project's yeah, over. So, like, yeah. We've pretty much had all the conversations that we need to have. We've <laughs> oh, said yeah. all of there's nothing. I have nothing left to say to you guys. This nothing is where the left. sidewalk ends. <laughs> this is where there's a turning point, a fork stuck in the road. <laughs> Walt Whitman is like, I don't know which path to take, man. Both of them suck. <laughs> I love that poem. <laughs> 
How's that Robbie Burns poem go again? Just like, I came to two paths in the road, one of them fucking sucks, <laughs> so I took the good one. I'll take the high road, you fucking go the other direction, I can't even deal with you anymore, I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming along, and I love you guys. Thank you, Ismay. Yeah. Ismay, thank, thank you, you so Ismay. much. Running a game is really difficult. Doing yeah. a podcast is really difficult, <laughs> yeah. and you did both. Yeah. Yeah. And while putting up with us. Yeah, I was going to say, you did it with this bunch of chuckle <laughs> yes. fucks, so. Well, a lot, yeah. a lot of garbage happens. So. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they get, yeah. That's, that's it, friends. Do we all want to say, like, I've been, like, our character, like, as a button? Yeah. I've been Camilla. I've been Fang. And I've been Fandango. <laughs> I've, I've also been Fandango. And technically, I also have been Fandango. <laughs> and I'm Poncho. And I've been Sorry. And I've been Strahd. And Rictavia. <laughs> and Irina. <laughs> and Ismark. What a try. And Esmeralda. <laughs> and Kathy. Bye. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.